may be raining, but there's a rainbow above you. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. I think it's the least we can do this week. I am middle-aged and crazy John Matt. I'm joined, as always, by a man who has five sisters and they're all called Abigail. A man who is always bilious because he's eaten too many worlds. A man whose partner's nickname for him is the Firefly Funhouse. You'll find him in amongst the pigeons, the fiend, me and Mark Crowther. How are you doing, Sunshine? I'm alright, mate. Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing this week? Yeah, not too bad. Had a bit of time off. Uh, we enjoyed it. Work. Yeah, it was nice. Nice to see us spend some time with her. Just oddly, it's just been a bit of a, a weird week for wrestling, sort of. Mm. Very low points, and then um, a massive high point, in a way, yeah, on Sunday. So, so we're yeah. recording today on the 30th of August, two days removed from, quote-unquote, the biggest paid show in wrestling history. Ironically, Tony Schiavone didn't call it the greatest moment in our sport, which disappointed <laughs> Yeah, it's one catchphrase, didn't even fucking pull it out, did he? <laughs> I know, when it actually needed to. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're going to start off just talking about the, the sort of low points of last week. I think mm. it was it was it Wednesday or Thursday that uh, we lost Terry Funk. I think it was Wednesday. I think it I'm might be sure. Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, we lost Terry Terry Funk at the age of seventy nine. He'd not been well for a while, from what I can gather. So not a massive surprise, but I, I suppose he was always one of them guys that people thought was invincible. Yeah, because he just like fifty plus year career, lunatic, put his body through fucking Hell. god knows what. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Beyond the Mat in nineteen ninety seven, and he had his his first, well, not his first, but probably one, probably his eighth retirement match against Bret Hart at this big do, mm. and he went to the doctors, and they were saying like, you've got no joint space in your knees, whatsoever, yeah. and that was like twenty six <laughs> years ago, so. And I've seen videos of him with Foley recently, and he's like got a walker, or he had a walker, and he's yeah. just like not not too steady on his feet. But I mean, I think I'm more familiar with him than you are. Yeah, I mean, obviously you hear you hear about him and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not I'm, I've not seen an awful lot of his stuff to be honest. Uh, the odd the odd bits here and there, the odd promos and stuff like that, and you could see obviously how innovative and influential he was, but just sort of. A, a couple of generations behind me, really. So I didn't really see any of his matches or anything like the odd, like the seeing him in the Royal Rumble the other month. We watched him, and I mean, it wasn't a, I don't think that was any not, reflection on his career or anything like that, but wasn't a stellar uh, outing, was it? No, not particularly. But I mean, you can see that the outcry of, you know, the, the respect from people like Flair, people like that, you know, they've had all sorts of time for him. So you can see it's sort of a, a big loss to the, to the wrestling world for sure. I think he's objectively the greatest of all time. Yeah, you hear that a lot. You can definitely put him in that conversation as an all-rounder, covers every base. And I know Jericho has this thing about him being the David Bowie of wrestling. Yeah. But I really think Terry Funk was, maybe not in terms of gimmick, but in terms of he reinvented himself over the years to keep himself relevant, but never got shit or lame doing it because obviously he was started in the sixties, I do believe, with his father in his father's territory, him and his brother Dory. Mm. And um, you know, classic Southern worker, brawler, 
and then he became NWA champion when that was still like yeah, a, a huge prestigious. accomplishment. You know, when Tyrus didn't have it. <laughs> EC3 but, uh, now. <laughs> oh, yeah, he beat him. But that in them days, it was a case of you had to be able to work with anybody. You had to go territory to territory to work with their top babyface or top heel or whoever and get probably an hour Broadway out of it. Yeah. And he could do that. And then he had his little run in the WWF in the 80s. The thing that stuck out for me with that was that thing he did with Moondog Spot. I don't know if you've seen it, where he's, he's offered him, like, saying, oh, you can't beat me, so there's no point in even trying. And then he ends up getting counted out and he beats him. And it's just <laughs> like an iconic sort of 80s WWF moment for me anyway. Yeah. But I first came across him sort of the area that we're watching now. So yeah. Royal Rumble and then his Chainsaw Charlie run. And you think, who is this nutter? Yeah. With a became with a sort chainsaw. of hardcore sort of legend, in, in, didn't he, in the 90s and things like that. That's it. That's how I was introduced to him. Then I went back and watched his ECW stuff and that infamous give us a chair and about 400 chairs got lobbed at him and <laughs> just mad. And they had to stop doing that. Um, and then he sort of FM, he sort of go back and watch his FMW stuff, like Anita's stuff, and with the exploded death matches with, with Cactus Jack, not my thing. Yeah. But and then you go back further, and like when he had that uh, do with Flair, sort of late 80s WCW, where he piled over after, after I think it was the last match of the Steamboat trilogy, I think. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'd have to, I'd have, to have a look, but. That's definitely something we should watch in past sense because that is a because obviously it's not just a great match. He's got that angle after it; it's fucking spot on. But yeah, yeah. he was he was revolutionary. Everybody remembers like the MC Arena match he does with Jerry, they did with Jerry Lawler in Memphis. But did it all really? Didn't the, he? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway you can get from him is what what a top bloke he was, and he he furthered a lot of people's careers and helped out a lot of people. Like Mick Foley, you know, said his mentor. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Loves the guy. He has essentially put ECW on the map. I mean, he was working for Heyman when he didn't really have to. He was like late 40s, yeah. early 50s. Didn't didn't need to do that shit and put himself through that shit, and he did. He made he FMW up, in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, basically. He, he legitimized these, these companies. And, and that was after he'd already had like a 20-year career as like top-notch fucking, yeah. you know, wrestler. Mad. Again, not not a massive surprise with, with the age he was and the illnesses he's had and the sort of nature of his body at the time. But, yes, another one of the greats gone. Yeah. Will be, will be sorely missed. But going back to the sort of current stuff, 24 hours later, yeah. I think it was... I think this was a bit... Not a bit of a shock. This was a massive shock. I mean... Probably on the same level of shock as the Jay Briscoe stuff earlier this year. Bray Wyatt passed away yeah. at the age of 36. It's Mad. ridiculous. And that's no age, that is it? Not at all. Yeah. And obviously, that is, he came back, didn't he? And then he just disappeared off telly. And then sort of, you heard bits and bobs, he was ill or injured or something. But mm. yeah, yeah, it was very hush hush, wasn't it? You didn't really, no one really knew any details. It was. I think I think it. I mean, only as much as recently, a couple, maybe a month or so ago, they were saying that they were gearing up for his return um, in the next, in the sort of last, late later part of the year, probably. But yeah, just an absolute shocker. I just couldn't believe it. You know, 
like you said, it similar to Jay Briscoe, a guy who's still got an awful lot to give. You know, I mean, I've made no secret. I wasn't a massive fan of his recent stuff, and I'm pretty, you know, not a lot of people were. But uh, the guy was an absolute creative genius in a way. You know, he was revolutionary. You know, he didn't. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the things that he did, I didn't didn't resonate with me. Which I'll admit, you know, the fiend stuff. I wasn't a mass. I wasn't a fan of that. And the sort of this, the the wacky characters. But I thought his original run. You know, the sort of cult leader. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty. That was that was almost not unheard of, but very sort of for that time. It was a very very unique character. Um, it it was something that worked for the time as well because I remember them trying to do something similar in the nineties with with Dan Spivey as a guy called Waylon Mercy, heavily mm-hmm. based on on a Cape Fear Max, type thing. Yeah, Max Cady from Cape Fear. It yeah. was I when he first debuted with with Luke Harper and Rowan, and that's another yeah. thing. It's very and that's the thing. Another thing that's hit home for a lot of people. It's very similar to the Luke Harper stuff, uh, the Brody yeah. Lee stuff. Hmm. Where he had some sort of like illness, underlying health issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think his was like a lung disease. I think uh, why it had COVID and it's it's triggered. It exacerbated heart issues, didn't it? Or something yeah, along it those triggered lines. Triggered it. But I've yeah. also read that they told him to have a defibrillator hmm. close to him. He, he went. Apparently, he went to sleep and just never woke up, and a defib was found in his car. So. Hmm. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a massive shame, isn't it? I mean, for what you, whether you're a big fan of him or not, the guy, the guy, the guy had an aura about him, didn't he? For sure. Yeah, great fucking talker as well. Great talker. Yeah. yeah. Deliver. I mean, like, delivery wise, not everything he said was top tier, but you know, delivery wise, he he had you in the palm of his hand. Yeah. Well, yeah, ironically, yeah. But like I say, that original run with the Wyatt family, that was that was pretty pretty spot on. That. And it, it did actually it was a massive part of the sort of the Danielson stuff, wasn't it? Like that was that was what really kicked him off. So that yeah. you know, they, they were they weren't just uh, unique in their own right, they they brought other people on. So you know, it was I'd say that was probably feel. Bray Wyatt's greatest feud, that the Danielson stuff. It was different. Yeah. But but yeah, not was... like off its head different, like the scene of stuff he did and I mean, yeah. I was like you said. I'm not a mass. I wasn't a massive fan of the Firefly Funhouse Fiend thing. Yeah, I know a lot of people were, but it was very divisive. Yeah, you know, if you listen to us regularly, you kind of know what we like. <laughs> that's that's definitely not going to be it. But it's it's a massive loss. Oh yeah, you could obviously similar with the Brit J Briscoe thing. You could feel it. Everyone was just like numb from it. It was just like. But even me, I mean, like I say, I'm not a huge fan of him. Like emotionally, you just think look, he's got young kids, he's got a wife. It's like yeah. it's like absolutely heartbreaking. And it's just you know, it just seems to I don't know what it is about wrestling. It's just like so many people go young, don't they? And it's just this is a different kind of go young in it. It's not like a drugs sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's just it's like just it just feels like weird. You know I mean, it just feels like more people. More people dying in wrestling than anything. Like I just, it's just not. If you, if, it's like right with football. You have an off season. You don't have an off season yeah. in wrestling. If you've got an underlying health condition, that in wrestling, it's not necessarily twigged. Like, I mean, do you remember when Punk quit and he had all that 
staph infection stuff. It wasn't clocked. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're a footballer, Ericsson, mm. yeah, like you know, paramedics on the scene within seconds. Yeah. Like people have not been signed by clubs because of the medicals, and they've noticed underlying heart issues or whatever. They clearly don't have that level of, you know, Stringent. medical. Yeah, yeah, and maybe they need to because that's two guys who were mid thirties, who I think Brody Lee was early forties. Yeah, and it was just like boom, and nothing was detected, and it's and it was just so quick. Man. And uh, I mean, I mean, it, it was sad. I mean, like I say, it's just a massive shame, isn't it? You know, I'm sure he still had an awful lot to give. Like, like I said, he was. Not not everything he came up with landed with me, but you could see that the guy had a fucking eye for talent. He had an eye for creativity. He was innovative. Yeah, you just you just wish he could have put it all out on the into the open or whatever. Even 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 if it was more than that, like Hollywood or something like that, you could see you could have seen him in that sort of role. He was just such a creative mind. Major motion pictures and sitcoms, baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a shame, but rest in peace to both of them because they both have obviously very different legacies, but both had a massive impact on different time periods, didn't they? 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think it's even mad more for the sort of Rotunda family because yeah. obviously Barry Windham's part of that and he's it's, he's not been well at all, has he, recently either? So, yeah. you know, that's like kind of double whammy for yeah. him, I guess. So, yeah, uh, my thoughts go out to Mike Rotunda. I'll call him by his proper name today. I won't call him Chinlock. Uh, Bo Dallas, Jojo, yeah. his missus, and his kids, because yeah. it's it's a shit house. It really is. You can't, I can't imagine, yeah. you know, losing your dad at that age. Yeah, yeah. it's just, that, just like that, I'd imagine yeah. as well. It was just, it's any different. But, yeah, well, they'll both be missed for sure. Definitely rest easy, guys. But yeah. we didn't want to just do a sombre thing, so we thought we'd we'd give you some credibility. <laughs> so we're going to take a, a more reserved wander yeah. down Simpleton Street, take a right on Moron Way, all the way to the Cretinous cul-de-sac. It's what they would have wanted, guys. You haven't got one for me, have you? No, I mean... It... <sighs> I sort of the credibilities that that, were, that I've got is probably it's more linked in with what else we're going to discuss. So it it's sort of a wider discussion point that we'll go into later, I think. But you think you've got should, a couple yeah. of fours, haven't you? Yeah, this is why we're doing it today because we couldn't wait another week because these would be a our date by then. So <laughs> are you are you aware of a guy called Jake Laws? Not off the top of my head. No, he's the lead singer of a band called August Burns Red Metalcore Band. Right. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan. I don't much, you know. Don't know much of the stuff. But he's he's done an interview this week, right? And uh, well, last week, sorry, but it tickled me. So I'll read it verbatim, and okay. I'll get your reaction to it. Yeah, it was crazy, man. We were doing a signing, and this crazy lady comes up and gets me to sign an album for her. She then says, "You don't recognize me, do you?" And I replied to her, not really, should I? And she replied, I'm Aubrey Edwards. <laughs> I think she said that was what her name was. And I said to her, who? Sorry, I don't know that name. And then she says, I'm a wrestling referee. 
maybe one of the most famous in the business. You really haven't seen me before? And I said to her, no, sorry, I haven't. I don't. I haven't watched WWE in a few years, if I'm being honest. I am a wrestling fan, but I've just been busy. She laughed and said, WWE, I'm not in that garbage. I'm in AEW. You really need to check it out and see for yourself what we're doing over there. It'll get you back into wrestling, I promise you that. And he says, <laughs> and I laughed and said, have a nice day, lady. And as she was walking off, she turns around and says, what are you laughing at? Before the uh, event security eventually moved her along because there was a ton of people behind her and she'd already taken up about five minutes of time. She was pretty insane, dude. <laughs> How arrogant do you have to be? How arrogant do you have to be to, to, to end, like, start it with that? You don't know who I am, do I? <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> Fucking hell. She's, 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 a, she's the biggest egomaniac <laughs> going, isn't she? She's got a she's right ego. Massive problem. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that you don't know who I am. No, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I don't. You know, if I saw her in public, I wouldn't twig. I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, she wouldn't stand out to me as like. She, do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even think. Like, I'd be like, oh, it can't be her. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't even bother. Mm. <laughs> she, she's she's very nondescript looking unless she's wearing a stripy top. Exactly. That's the only reason I'd recognise her, I think. But but same with Bryce Remsburg, same with WWE. Like, the only it's one that you'd recognise, the only one I'd recognise is Little, little Nate. <laughs> yeah, true. Because he's been true. on TV for 20, 30 years. Yeah, or Nick Patrick. <laughs> I don't know if I'd recognise Nick Patrick. Now he'd be a crusty, crusty old <laughs> devil, wouldn't he? Sadly, the cretininity keeps going. My next guy... It's only a wooden goth sting. Oh. He turned up at an indie show with Darby oh. Allen and got booed out of the building. <laughs> Did you he? fucking sting. He's 64. What the fuck are you doing going to an indie show? Seriously. It's mad enough that you're still wrestling. But yeah. and we'll get into that later. But don't turn up at indie shows, mate. You must have more better things to do. Don't lower no. yourself. You, as much as I'm not a huge fan of him, he's still a fucking legend. He's, yeah, he's, he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to do half the stuff he does, really. But the guy's Take done it rock all. Up at, Taker's going to rock up at PWG, is he? Do you know what I mean? That's that, It's small time, isn't it, really? It's like yeah, when Jericho and his little gimps were at that PWG show. They were all in them yellow, them gold jackets. Do you remember that? Do you remember I sent a picture of that a while ago? It's like, yeah. what do you mean? You've got Hall of Fame career and you're doing that. I know, and it's just it's this whole AEW, oh, you can still work indies. And it's Why? like, but what if you get <laughs> what what if he gets like completely fucked on an indie show? You know, okay. it's mad. It's like Moxley when he does all that GCW shit. And it's like, what if he like lost Lawrence an artery or something? Yeah. And there's one of your top guys. I mean, I'm not a fan of him, but he's a, he's one of the top guys in the company as he's been portrayed. Yeah. Mad. But Sting is back in the next bit of cretininity as well. Oh my God, he's double bubble. No, he, well, it's not. It's involving him. It's not actually him. Right. It's the cretin of the year. He's back. The Booker of the year. He's he's done an interview recently, and he said that Sting's AEW run is the greatest run of Sting's career. Right. right. <laughs> Apparently, Tony Khan's a WCW fan from back in the day. Yeah. You don't think the. Uh, 
what we're watching currently, where he's doing the the crow shit, is probably the yeah. best sort of year of his Without career. A what's a melody? And then you've got all the surface thing stuff, where he's fucking over as fucking world champion and yeah. what? I know proper uber baby he, phase. He loves putting his company over. I get that. It's his. It's his baby. Yeah, but this is just utter shite, and people it's must not look even him and go. Because he, 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 like, don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff he's doing at his age is relatively impressive, but and, and mental. But he's just doing hardcore matches, isn't he? That's all he does: cinematic matches with Darby Allen or the odd tag match. So it's like, oh yeah, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's the way they're getting around his clear limitations at his age and don't, he's 60 odd do you know what I mean he's, he's obviously going to be slowed down a bit so that makes sense but it's not even like even just the stuff in the rafters is so much more exciting and intriguing he hasn't done, he hasn't said anything for two months or whatever we've been watching it but that is the oh. most hot, the hottest he's ever been every time he's on the screen it's literally like electric he just needs to shut up he just says too much about stuff that that That's is bollocks, but doesn't say enough about things that matter. <laughs> yeah, like investigations. <laughs> Investigation. Investigations in progress. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 known for that, any fucking TK, as he likes to be known. <laughs> Absolute dipshit. But speaking <laughs> of dipshits, we've already mentioned him once with his dropping of the NWA belt. <laughs> But but now he's now he's not the champion anymore and he's apparently retired, thank fuck. Yeah. He can concentrate on being an absolute cunt on Fox News. <laughs> That's a fucking great thing of the week that he's retired. Fuck me, we can get rid of that gimp. I know. But on his when he was on Fox News, he's come out with this. He's talking about, you know, people mispronouncing people. Yeah. And he said, if my kids came home and said, Daddy, my pronouns is this, this, and this. Well, it should be my pronouns are this, this, and this. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, well, my pronoun pronoun will be an ass whooping. And it's like, what? Okay. Advocating what? child abuse. <laughs> and just just underlines how fucking cretinous and disgusting and scummy Fox News are. By, you know, look, right, I'm not going to pretend that I understand yeah. the, the whole pronoun thing because I, I am not transgender. I've never had any gender dysmorphia or issues like that. But all I can do is, you know, support. Mm. And not like I said, I'll never understand fully. But you've just gotta you just gotta open your mind. Accept, accept people for who they want to be or who mm. they feel they are. Like my my daughter's got a lot of friends who have very complicated gender issues. Mm. And it baffles my head because I I I, I can't begin to understand yeah. it but i don't need to understand it do you know what i mean yeah you just need to support be supportive and that's one good thing about having like a 17 year old kid she kind of drags me kicking and screaming in the 21st century sometimes <laughs> and you know it's it's just don't be coming on tv saying that man because it's like you're basically saying your stupid viewpoint of the world is more important than your child's happiness the thing is, he's on he's on Piers Morgan and stuff, isn't he? So it's just, this is part of the course for him, you know. He's it's similar viewpoint to, to to Piers Morgan, so it's not a surprise, is it? 
and the and the network they're on is very sort of you know what's the word very closed minded and things like that. So it, it it's, it's not pathetic. It's not it's not even remotely a surprise though, is it? Which which unfortunately, but no, he's just a cunt. Fuck him, and I hope he never darkens our doorstep again. <laughs> On a lighter note, or David Meltzer's back, he had to be. Yeah. For what is the weekend of essentially his greatest, I told you so, kind of moment. Yeah. On his uh, Observer Radio episode on the 24th of August, he's wandering around London. So there was no sort of camera crew with him yeah. to document a fucking American bell piece in London, right? <laughs> but he made some, he made, he had some ob- observations about yeah. about how how poorly All In was being promoted in the in the capital city of England. Yeah. He didn't see he didn't see any uh, All In posters downtown, just at Wembley train station. Okay, now Dave, this isn't like an England match. This is a very niche event. It's a very niche event. He said there was no posters at Buckingham Palace. He couldn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I ear queen. Oh, ear um, fucking beef eaters. Stick these on, will you? (laughs) He did see some trolley cars, which I've had to look up. I later found out they're trams, so the tube. He saw some trolley cars with uh, money in the bank adverts on them. Still, he couldn't believe that. Exactly. (laughs) But what shocked him the most was no fans ran up to him like they do in Japan. Because English would not give a fucking shiny shit about you, Dave Meltzer, I'm afraid. (laughs) What a delusional dipshit he is. (laughs) What does he expect? Like, fucking fucking Big Ben to have a poster of fucking Jericho on the front, all in London or whatever. I think they got. I think they promoted it enough. They got eighty plus thousand in, mate. <laughs> it's not exactly uh, like they needed much more to it, did they? The thing is, he needs to realise it. AEW is not mainstream. It's not. Not at all. Not. It's not. And this was sold because it's fact that not as many people watch wrestling these days as yeah they used to. We well, have to look at numbers, that, don't you? <laughs> Well, that's it. But it's fact that the guy, the people who watch it, are the most hardcore fans, and will do anything to see yeah. it, and they'll buy all the merch. When I say hardcore fans, I don't mean hardcore fans like you know seventies and eighties, you know, kayfabe fans who wanted to kill everyone and yeah. believed in it. These guys want to support the underdog to the death because they're not they're not WWE. You know what I mean? But fucking hell, Dave is so in so the. Cloudy, yeah, he's so in the AEW bubble, he thinks that it's the talk of the town. It's not the talk of the town. Shit goes on at Wembley all the time. Exactly. It's and it's not, Wembley's Wembley like outside of, of London as well. It's like it's like out of the way a little bit. So it's not like it's do you know what I mean? Like it's like people don't really unless unless they're unless they're interested, they're not not gonna give a shiny shit about <laughs> AEW pulling up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe if it was WWE, that's more well known. They might have an idea, but it's still a very much an, it's still very early in its company, isn't it? So it's yeah, it's not at that level yet, unfortunately. But he seems to think it should be. It's just a dark. He really is. <laughs> you can tell he don't go to England very often. He's just 
he's just so clueless about the culture. I read something about him when he was last there, and he was saying, oh, yeah, England doesn't really have any culture. It's just like old American shows on reruns, like Friends and stuff. He's like, he's like you're a fucking Burke. He really <laughs> goes, Every, everybody I asked said that they, they, only, they only watch uh, American shows. And I'm like... How many people did you ask? <laughs> well, we got six fucking PWG fans or something. I don't know. <laughs> but He's a cock. Speaking of all, I mean, who are we going to pick, though? Tyrus. Good. Yep. I'll go with that all day. He is Cretan of the Week. What a cunt. Fucking. <laughs> what a cunt. What a cunt. <laughs> um, speaking of all, in though, we're going to yeah. give uh, a little overview of it. It's not going to be a full, well, you know, we wonder Tony. That'll happen in about four years. So <laughs> we're just going to, just going to go through it because it, it happened on our fair aisle. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to have a gander. Mark bought the pay-per-view. I didn't. I thought it was going to be 50 quid, so I didn't bother. But then he informed me it was 15 quid on yeah. YouTube. So, yeah. Got no right deal there, I suppose. But it's too late by now. Fucking Jericho just rocked up. So <laughs> I, I, I have since watched it. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a, a quick whiz through it and <laughs> the ensuing incidents. Yep. <laughs> so, so I did. Did you watch the pre-show? Because I didn't watch the pre-show or the I, zero hour. I caught. I caught twenty minutes of it, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so the first match was Adam Cole and MJF the Bro Chachos. That was all right. Beating, that match. Uh... Beating Aussie Open for yeah. the ROH. Short apparently. And a uh, pretty simple match, apparently. So, you know, yeah, it wasn't really an awful lot to it, to be fair. Just pretty then, quick. I think they're probably because they were obviously working the main event, get it done pretty quick. Then we had Hook defeating old Jack Perry by submission in an FTW rules match. Don't know what that means. Uh, for the FTW hardcore Championship, or is it hardcore? Anything goes. Pretty much. Now, there was an incident in there that has a. Uh, Got legs shoot something, yeah. We'll get we'll, we will discuss well, we later. We'll talk about it now because it's funny. all right, okay, yeah, yeah. because because it, it involves the next match as well, in a way, yeah. So, there's a spot obviously, everybody's heard about the the punk saying we don't we're not using real glass, yeah. So, on it, collision, it, we talked about it. Did we talk about it last week or the week before, where so, yeah, some senior heads like Tony Schiavone and a few others were saying we don't think this is a good idea. Do you, Punk, do you want to have a word of him? And because he's, he's not listening, yeah, he's basically he's basically gone over and said, "Look, mate, when we don't, we don't, this is a good idea. It's pretty dangerous. People have lost careers. People, you might fucking end up killing yourself if he fucking goes wrong." He's gone. He's had a fucking word of it, and it's it was it's for all accounts, it was a few weeks ago, and it's only just come out, which is a bit odd. Oh yeah, yeah like, it's like uh, straight out like lightning when it involves punk, in it. Yeah. And then in this match, apparently he wanted to do this glass spot because he was going on a vacation, so he wanted to write himself off telly. Surely there's easier ways to do that. But anyway, yeah. uh, he pulled up in a car and he's got slammed on it. And before 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 he's done that, he smacked on the glass himself and he said, "This this is real glass, Crimea River or something like that down the mic." Very clearly, he wanted it obviously directed at Punk probably knowing that Punk's about to come on after him. It just sums up that sort of crowd that he's involved in, doesn't it? But Yeah. Um, Sly dead crowd. Yeah, sort of 
chaos ensued after that, though. I suppose I say chaos. There was a skirmish, altercation, which is military-based quiz show on there. <laughs> the best, uh, 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 best in the Norfolk area. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah there's, there's all manner of shit being said about it. We don't fully know what the crack is, but yeah, Punk's waiting in Gorilla to come out for his match against Samoa Joe for the real world's title. And mm. apparently, like they've had, a, they've had words, they've had a bit of handbags. Apparently, two yeah. monitors have flown over, and it's only Khan. Yeah. Uh, Chokehold, um, a chokehold apparently, or a, or a gripping him by the throat kind of thing, or yeah, something. But we don't know. There's going to be a full investigation by uh, Gareth Carnan, <laughs> <laughs> um, even though he was there, witnessed it, and two of the monitors hit him. Apparently, so fuck knows how, how you can what's have an the, investigation. What's, what's there to investigate? <laughs> and from what I can gather, both have been suspended. However. We'll get on to the further unravelings later on. Because next <laughs> up, we have opened the show proper. Yep. we got, uh, like I said, CM Punk, the real world's champion. This yep. is Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor TV champ, I think he is. Yeah. The what longest reigning, apparently. Apparently 300 and something days or something. Yeah. What do you reckon um, to this? Because I thought this was banging. It was mint. It was fucking class. I think it's quite a testament to Punk, to be fair. He's fucking had that fucking bollocks before. And, app- and apparently apparently, Punk had said, look, I'd, I'm not in the right frame of mind to uh, to work here. I think Joe said to him, look, mate, get your shit together. We're working at Wembley here. I want to fucking have this moment. So Fair enough. Fair dues. So he fucking got his shit together, clearly. I think they had to delay the show by 10 minutes or something like Delay the start of the... I don't know exactly how long, but... Um, but yeah, I thought it was fucking mint. I don't think these two could ever put on a shit match, really, to be honest. I thought they were well, both on top of the game. I thought they were I both... Did. I thought Punk was brilliant. I thought he looked back to his best. He's a, yeah. the, 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 odd, the odd few bits where he's a little bit of... You know, the odd, the odd little botch here and there. I thought he was focused. Playing up to the crowd. Yeah, 100%. The Ho- I think the, the Hogan stuff pops me all the time. I think it's brilliant. It's funny. I think it? he's just he's just he he, he uh, just egging it up. I thought Joe was class. He's so menacing. Uh, the thing about that Hogan stuff with Punk, Punk's doing it ironically and sarcastically to wind the crowd up, which yeah. is what Hogan was do- is doing now currently as yeah. a heel, and it's his gimmick, and Punk yeah. does it better. Yeah, it's because there was those. Who was it who said he was worse than Hogan or something like that? Was it? Was it Bischoff? Bischoff, yeah. It's like I think he's he, he's he's so accustomed to like bringing stuff like that into his matches. He's hilarious. He was doing Cena stuff as well, wasn't he? But like, yeah, oh yeah, he did the uh, thing before the five duckle shuffle, didn't he? Yeah, he, like the shoulder tackles and the duck the duck under and stuff. Yeah. But like the the spot of the match was that table spot. I said that to you before you watched it, didn't I? I thought it was fucking mint. It was vicious. Yeah, and it was like. The way Joe, the, the intensity and the power Joe has is just class. He's still got it. I don't care what anyone says. And that is the perfect way to gig yourself under a table, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Can't fucking see it. Because <laughs> the, the last all-in, you made an absolute balls up of that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like sort of the old-school nature of it, because obviously I like how he sort of brings 
stuff like that back into it because obviously he's facing Joe, which was his big rivalry in, in Ring of Honor. So he yeah. had his old Ring of Honor jacket on when he came down. Yeah. And uh, he won with a Pepsi plunge. Lovely. Brilliant finish. Great finish, wasn't it? Because you, yeah. you know he can't do the GTS. So he's pulling some out. That, you know what I mean? He's pulling some out of his locker that he hasn't put, he hasn't brought to the table in a while. So it makes sense. Brilliant. I it was and brilliant. He, he got the reaction of the night, hands down. Yeah. Definitely. Because it was like 80 odd thousand cheering slash booing. It was just the noise was cacophonous when he came yeah. out and nobody else came close. Definitely. His, his matches have a really unique feel to them. Even if you hate the guy, you want to watch it. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought, I mean, not to, not to give away the rest of the show, I thought it was by far the best match on the show by like yeah. some distance. Like, it was. It was, and everyone's going to say, oh, of course it is, because you two love punk. But that's what we like FTR as well. We like MGF, but we'll get to their matches. Yep. We like yeah. the Gun Club. Uh, not the Gun yeah. Club, the Bullet Club Gold. But we'll get to that now. Yeah. So next was Kenoshka Takeshita. Yep. And Bullet Club Gold. I'll say that again. And Bullet <laughs> Club Gold, a.k.a. Juice Robinson and Jay White, with their... Entourage of Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Don Callis versus yeah. the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. Six man tag, obviously. Got to get yeah. one of them in or seven. <laughs> I I actually didn't mind the start of this. I thought it started well. And I'm yeah, thinking, this... oh, fucking hell, they're actually wrestling and stuff. And I'm going, oh, that's got to be Juice and Jay there. For you getting getting their shit yeah. in, and then it just it just fucking broke down into that sort of everyone's in, everyone's got to be yeah. in the right spot for this sort of like synchronized. Let's all do each other's. I'll do my move on you, then you run into the next guy. Who does his move on you? He runs into the next guy, and it's like yeah, fuck. yeah. Like I I quite like that Takeshita. I don't like that mute. I don't know what that music they've got for him is. Just a fucking like white noise. I don't know what the fuck that is. Ray ninety six music. <laughs> Don Don Callis is a bit of a cock end, but I, I, I suppose it works to get that guy over against Omega. Um, yeah. Like you said, I think Jay White and Juice Robinson are two of the best guys they've got. I think those three were wasted in this. I mean, I know everyone loves Ibushi and Omega and Page. And they love doing six months, trios, matches, whatever. No idea why. But I'd rather see Juice Robinson and Jay White against FTR. I'd right, rather see Takeshita in a singles match. With a, yeah, singles with Omega. I suppose, that's, that, uh, from what I can gather, that's that's booked for all out. That's the problem when you have two pay-per-views so fucking close to each other that you just sometimes you're just stacking people on the card, aren't you? This is the issue with this show. Because for me, because it was sold just as an event. Yeah. 80, 81,000 people paid money for it before a fucking match had been announced. I mean, I... And, he's, and he's lazily booked it. Nothing Absolutely. had a build. Nothing had a build. Other than, Cole and, all time. other than Cole and, and MJF. And Jeff, that was the only thing that was. And Punk and Joe. Even that was 
sort of haphazard, wasn't it? He'd been in yeah. he'd been involved with Starks and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden the Joe no. stuff came back. He's not he wasn't even on the show. Do you know why? Why? I don't know. Do you know why? Because uh, well, at storyline, he's suspended, but uh, right. I don't know if there's any reason behind that. Kicking a dick. Didn't he, didn't he fucking he popped off on on Steamboat, didn't he? On Collision that after that match with um, yeah, with true. Punk. And I think that was the storyline reason why he suspended. But I don't know if there was any I'm... travel issues or something like that. I'd be miffed as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what? You're suspending me, kayfabe fence suspending me, and you've got eight to one thousand people in England. Fucking hell, man! You're proper <laughs> taking the piss. Yeah, but yeah, it just it's it's it a weird show because I thought the card was quite weak, and it yeah. didn't really matter because you know we we've got the money, brother. Exactly. It's, yeah, that, that match that match didn't do an awful lot for me. Like, like I'm a massive, I'm a huge fan of Jay White. Juice Robertson's really surprised me this year, but yeah. It was one of them where it was just like they were sort of afterthoughts, which is yeah, tw- 20 minutes as well. Yeah, a bit long. But uh, they did win, didn't they? Takeshita got the roll up, I think. It, am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he so did. Yeah, he got a roll up on him. Looks him, makes, I think they're, like I said, I think they're having a singles match at all out. So I guess it gives him a nice little strong point going into that. Yeah. And I think Callis sort of works with Takeshita because he, he needs a mouthpiece. He definitely yeah. needs an all. And all whatever you think about Callis, he can kind of talk. Oh yeah, I mean he's always able to talk. Like, well, well, he's a cockhead. He's a in in real life though, and he's a yeah. you know touchy touchy problematic <laughs> individual. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of matches that didn't really do much for me, sadly, hmm. next up we get the tag match for the AEW tag belts, uh, the rubber match, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Hope for me this. Do you know why though? FTR were giving their fucking all as they usually do, and the young bucks were just half-assing it. Couldn't give a shit. They knew they weren't going over. Clearly, they had fucking what's that yeah. thing Cornette says? Yeah, that that fucking that face when they're coming down to the job ring, job they, face. They had job, job face, didn't they? And you could just they just they were just phoning it in instead of instead of. Really putting the reds together and going right, guys. I know you've had like like saying to FTR. I know you've had like four of the best tag matches of the entire last two years or whatever. We want to make us. We want to put ourselves on that list. They they just went. They just spat the toys out of the pram, didn't they? Basically, you just fucking. It certainly seemed like. <laughs> and it's like you know you know why they're doing it as well. Though. It's that thing where it's like oh look, well. FTR, they're not that good. I look at the match, but it, it, it to me it goes the other way, where it just makes them look like more of a bunch of knobheads than they already I already thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, it's, it's it's not about the quality of the match, really, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. We know how good FTR are. They've had probably four of the best tag matches I've ever seen in the yeah. last eighteen months. So, exactly. and and the young books haven't. Yeah. I know, I know they have to certain people, yeah. but. It's just not for me, but it was. It's they were sort of doing a young bucks match as well. Because mm. Cash Cash Wheeler doesn't need to do a fucking four fifty springboard. He can do it, obviously. Yeah. Don't need don't need to do it. it. Yeah. No. So they were sort of going right. Last match we had was sort of our match. We'll yeah. sort of do as much as your matches we can do without looking like bell pieces. I think. Yeah. And 
It's been worse. It's for me. It's disappointing. I wanted, I wanted Juice and Juice and Jay White against them again. Would have been. It would have been so much better, wouldn't it? I think, yeah. like I said to you a few weeks ago, I'd have been more than happy for for FTR to drop the belts to them at Wembley. I think it would have been a great match. I think they deserved it. To be fair, I would. I, would, I think they'd have been good tag champs, but and they've been yeah. sort of like lost in the shuffle in these fucking six months. But people are like, yeah, but they're in a six man with Omega and Page, they're top guys. It's like, yeah, but it's a shit six man, man. It means nothing, does it? Who gives a fuck? It doesn't elevate anybody. If elevated one guy to Kester and you could have elevated yeah. him, if you're gonna if you want to elevate him that much, why don't you do the fucking unthinkable and break the taboo and let him kick out the fucking one winged fucking convoluted <laughs> angel? <laughs> I think the Johnny. one thing I was I think the one thing about this match was a complete shock but it was a pleasant shock was FTR going over I didn't expect it obviously no you I had, didn't no, I don't forget you anybody had the, you had the, the, the thing with Cash Wheeler which I think has been a little bit blown out of proportion I don't think it's probably as big as it seemed initially um, yeah it's, it think... just seems like conjecture doesn't it it's this guy weaved through a load of traffic then waved a gun at me and fucked off a guy with a beard yeah it's like it sounds Flimsy. Proof, where's your proof? Like, do you know what I mean? It's one of them. <laughs> but like, I think I mean, I've to be fair, I pop like fuck when they won because they're they're my guys. Do you know what I mean, they're our guys, and they're just they deserve exactly. to be the champions. Still, I don't think the young bucks need another world, need another tag belt run. I, I don't think they're over. Uh, to me, when they came out, they had that stupid song which was shit. Like they had like Queen gimmick on. Which is they like to do that in AEW, don't they? Can I just say about the Queen gimmick? Is yeah. this is that all Americans associate Wembley Stadium with? <laughs> I think like, so. Freddie Mercury at Live Aid. No, yeah, like forty years ago, or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so because I think on the first ever show, for some reason, there was about four Freddie, Mer- Freddie Mercury fucking dress ups. There was two. I think there was two on this night. Those two tits came out to that song and the, the reaction was a bit flat wasn't it it was just like oh. yeah well <laughs> the irony is Freddie Mercury didn't play that Wembley Stadium he played in the old Wembley Stadium yeah. that, that's, a, that's a new one it's only been <laughs> up about 15 years or something <laughs> I know but yeah I mean it was a nice surprise to see the win because I think, I think everyone in their dog thought that they were going to drop the bells because of the whole illegal thing and obviously how fucking influential they can be but are, are they losing the influence I don't know I don't really know. I don't know. Is, is is Tony thinking? Yeah, they were good to start. We we got a we got a niche crowd behind us to start off with, but we've actually got guys who are genuinely over. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think who I knows? Think, can you imagine how how it would have been cruel, wouldn't it, for them to lose the belt to them in that shit match? Whereas they've just had some of the biggest classics going with with Briscoe's, you know, BCG, Juice Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. They didn't. They didn't deserve to lose it. it? B- BCG. That's what I call. It. I can't be bothered to say the full name. Is it like, like, like the AFC. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's like it just wouldn't have. It would have felt cruel to drop it in such a fucking half-assed match, wouldn't it? Like they deserve to lose it in an absolute barn burner for me. I agree. I mean, I'm not saying it was okay. When we've watched AWP, you know, I don't. I don't think any. The six man with with the uh, with the BCG um, and <laughs> Omega and that and this match they weren't like god awful dog shit like we've seen in other um, yeah. AEW shows we've reviewed, but that came next. 
<laughs> One of the worst fucking things I have ever seen. Is that the it's, stadium uh, stampede by any chance? Yeah, it was. Eddie What's Kingston. the difference between that and anarchy in the arena? They're both the same fucking thing, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Well, the stadium stampede was done during COVID, wasn't it? So they had all sorts yeah. of mad shit. That they we don't do remember, though, there was, a, there was a promo where Moxley said to Jericho when he was feuding with his lot, he was going, oh, fuck, we're not doing the stadium stampede. That's stupid pro wrestling shit. We're doing anarchy in the arena. And it's like, all right, that's gone out the window then. <laughs> no, but anarchy in the arena was more pro wrestling than stadium stampede because they had fucking Adam Page on a horse and shit and in that stadium. Because it was during COVID, they could do it. Yeah. They didn't have to do it live. You could do all sorts of Yeah, it was a pre- pre-tape thing, on it? Yeah. So next up we get one of the fucking... Weirdest combinations I've, uh, I've ever seen. Ed, Eddie Kingston, real name Eduardo Moore, <laughs> Orange Cassidy, and the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent. And uh, Penta insert gimmick here because his brother wasn't allowed to come over. No. With Alex Abrahantes. And they. What a weird were, fucking mixture. I know. It makes no sense. Now, they're against the BCC, the Black Bull Combat Club. Of John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheelie Utah in what I'm assuming was their version of, you know, hard English hard men outfits, fucking roll neck jumper, and a fucking donkey jacket. What the <laughs> fuck did they look like? <laughs> so the poppy sounds of the fucking trogs, wild thing. <laughs> and they had the uh, old Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful with them. Which is yeah. a nice surprise, I didn't even know they were back. I thought they hated each other. I thought they did as well. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, they must have worked the differences out then. But he's called Mike Santana now. I don't know where the mic came from all of a sudden. <laughs> well, he's, he's he's taken after his dad. He's going into the guitar business. His dad, Carlos, right? <laughs> Played by hey, Mike Carlos. Santana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was not for me. But it had, it had all the classic Moxley tropes in it. He did a Terry Funk spot. Got yeah. the branding iron out, of course. Not a tribute, just thought, just thought, oh, I can, get, I can get away with a branding iron here. Fucking Trent's mum in a fucking minivan. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> fucking the kebab skewers in his napper. And then he, he did some sort of fucking move. And I just thought, that if that goes wrong, them kebab skewers are going right, right in his skull. Because <laughs> it like flipped him over. And I thought, that's, he could yeah. kill him. The daft well, cunt. It's dope, though. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, it'll be apparently, yeah, but then everyone be like, oh, it's a tragedy. It's like, what a daft cunt? No, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Why do it's it? Just Why do they do these matches all the time? They're fucking turnip, aren't they? They're really bad. But this is this is like the second in fucking five matches where it's been no old's bad and yeah. not the last. Yeah, but how much stuff lazy. was in this match? I can't even, I, off the top of my head, I can't even think about all the shit. They were fighting in the concourse. They were up at the fucking Royal Box. They were fucking glass, glass on fucking duct tape with Orange Cassidy. The fucking Penta oh, Obscuro came out. He changed his gimmick halfway through he the match. changed his gear? <laughs> the fuck changed his that? gimmick, changed his gear. He thinks he's Madonna. <laughs> Costume change. They fucking, okay. He fucking broke a ladder as he was trying to climb up it as well at one point. Fucking botch fest. It was an absolute train wreck, wasn't it? It was rotten. 
They always are, though. I don't know yeah. why anybody expects anything else. And they always get five fucking stars off Mel's. <laughs> the worst bit of it all, though, after all that shit, it's gone on for 25-plus minutes, or however long it was, fucking Orange Cassidy gets the win over Claudio. What the fuck did he do to deserve that? It's Tony's mate, isn't he? Like, fucking Claudio, what has he got from going to AEW? A fucking our Ring of Honor world title. Who gives a fuck? It's worth fucking about. It's worth fuck all. And he's but just he been Crombie off Moxley. That new Crombie Moxley's lucky, isn't he? He's yeah. pointless. He, what he's, he was better off in WWE, wasn't he? Surely. And I thought so. Yeah, but he hasn't <laughs> got creative freedom in WWE, Mark. This is the problem. What you can't tell me he wants to do matches like that. Surely you cannot tell me he wants to. He's so much better than that. I think Moxley's it, better I mean, than it, but he's just he's obsessed with it. He's absolutely yeah, obsessed he's, with he's, it. He's, it. It is a fetish. Wheeler you uh, I thought was getting better, but all I've seen him in recently is this kind of shit. No. Santana and Ortiz I do like, but I don't want to see him in this kind of shit. Chuck Taylor just looks... What the fuck is he? <laughs> he's fucking useless, isn't he? He's awful as well. Like he's just He's just got nothing. Like a ten-pound piece of shit stuffed into a five-pound bag, wearing a fucking singlet with his fucking corned beef face. He's got a proper corned beef face, hasn't he? Yeah, it's all red and fucking blotchy. <laughs> I like Trent Beretta, but fucking get yourself away from these cretins. No, he's, he's well and truly ingrained in it now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but next up, we get a four-way, of course, for the AEW Women's Championship. We get old. Soraya Beavis coming out with with the uh, reprobate crew, aka family. Um, her man was a good wrestler, to be fair. I'll give her that. Yeah. I'm not not too keen on on the dad. I think he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> Hikaru Shida, the champion. Tony Storm, who I think she must be a Japanese thing because that's good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so it won't perish. <laughs> I just want her. To come out next time in a peak people Pringle or <laughs> pair of cones. <laughs> Would you like me to lap dance for you? <laughs> no, no, Hikaru, you're all right, love. <laughs> um, Tony Storm, who I think he's wasted in this, and yeah. and, and Britt Breaker, who who is just mm, don't do out for you, does she? Not at all. No, you know, I think. Everyone said she was her gimmick, really her, good. Her gear was that them fucking baggy trousers. Was that a gimmick? Was that a fucking madness gimmick? Is it? What was that all about? Probably. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that like Tony Storm was allowed to come out to the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know. She said, really in the pro- she said in the promo package that she was sort of adopted a UK re- resident or something because she she Isn't used she to live in Australia? the UK. She's Australian, but I think she lived in the UK because she came up in NXT UK, didn't she? That's where yes, she, she did, got yeah, a big right. break in, in WWF. So I think I don't know if she had a massive time where she lived in the UK or she built us up from that. So I'd, I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, Britt Baker for me, everyone used to say, oh, she's the best in the women's division. But I think that's because everybody else was so poor. I don't think she's the best she in the world by any chance. No. I just think she's average. I, honestly, I don't think she's fantastic in the slightest. I think she stood out more when it was like Riho and fucking 
you know, big <laughs> swole and these fuckers who couldn't wrestle. Big swole, <laughs> forgot about her. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, I mean, I was, I was pretty convinced beforehand that Saray was going over just for the hometown pop. Well, not hometown pop, but home country pop. Made He's from sense, Norwich. It? it just made from sense. Norwich, East Anglia's uh, finest. Yeah, along, along with Partridge. <laughs> I'd love, she should have fucking had a partridge gimmick, shouldn't she? <laughs> she should have, she oh, should have worn a people Bringo. <laughs> she come out in a Rover. <laughs> or a Lexi. I love Lexi. <laughs> Plural. Coming in, in with a Ginsters from the fridge and a molten hot apple. I've just, just, just cracked over the sunny the light. They're quite large. <laughs> Spill it all over his Bond videos. <laughs> and a, and the dad should have come out in a BP garage fucking attendant outfit like <laughs> hey pub number five <laughs> yeah it was pretty predictable it was an absolute botch fest behind most of it <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best it was pretty pretty poor pretty predictable um, as well yeah not for me I'm not a huge me. fan of an awful I like Sheeda I think Sheeda's pretty good but she was just given the belt just to get it off her again wasn't she pretty much yeah, I'd like Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm. Why not just do, why not though just set the Tony Storm page match up? Well, Soraya, sorry, whatever she's called now. Why don't have that as a match? Why why do we have to do a four way match that's got no like importance to it at all? Because you've got to get Britt Baker on the show. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Because Britt Baker is the girlfriend of Adam Cole, who is main event Bay Bay. <laughs> Yeah, well, for me, but luckily it was only about it was under under ten, so it was all right. The next one for me was a bit was a bit poo as well. Okay, it won't, it won't poo, but it it had moments. But just Darby Allen's off his fucking head. Uh, Darby <laughs> Allen and uh, the Independent Circuit's finest Sting versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage with Prince Nana. It was, meant to be swerving, it was meant to be swerving AR Fox, whoever he is. Yeah, they did some weird angle where he turned on him. Well, apparently, it was, apparently he, he wasn't able to travel. So it was like, was he not? told them really late he couldn't travel, so they had to book an angle quickly, right, get him off the show. And then all of a sudden, Christine Cage is in it. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but every, every, every fucking angle on this was booked quickly, to be fair. Yeah. True. So it didn't really make that much of a difference. Um, I thought it was insane. I think Sting is off his fucking head. Don't know why he does this shit at 64 this. years old. A fucking hoodie with thumbtacks in it. Weird. I was speaking to a guy, um, speaking to a guy who, at my work, funnily enough, who was actually at the show. And uh, he's right. a big fan of Sting. You know, he's quite, he liked him in the, the WCW days and stuff like that. And he, he said even he was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. You know, a bloke no. in his mid-60s jumping off, jumping onto tables and jumping on coffins. It's uh, it just, it just yeah. a bit uncomfortable for me. Because you think yeah. that guy had to retire because of neck issues, like, what, 10 yeah. years ago? Or well, maybe um, longer than that. Was, no, it was earlier than that. It was after Rollins giving that buckle bump, wasn't it? So, yeah, so it's like... Uh, Seven, eight years in, you just wonder if in like five years' time something's going to accelerate, he's going to be fucking crippled or something like that. After, do you know what I mean? After all these mad bumps yeah. he's taking, when he doesn't need to, he's a fucking legend, he no. doesn't need to do it, you know, unless he's not saved his money and he's in his, you know, skin. Who knows? Who knows? 
Yeah. Maybe just does it to get him out of the house. Who knows? I quite. I tell you what, I quite like Swerve Strickland though. I don't know what it is about him. I think he's got a bit about him. Um, but well, definitely, definitely, yeah. He's got athleticism. But, he's he's not a bad talker either, but not really done big, that. Big doing that Christian. Yeah. But this did nothing for anybody, I don't think. Fucking Darby Allen on that coffin. Fuck me. What a lunatic. <laughs> I think Just... he's got the uh, TBS title match against Luchasaurus that all out to look forward to. So, yeah, that'll be a great one. Can't wait. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it's Christian's belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> that was that was a lot longer than it should have been, in my opinion. It was just carnage. But again, and, and no DQ fucking kind of situation. That's yeah. like the third. And then after that, I'm going to surprise you here, Mark. Mm. I like wine. <laughs> um, we get Will Osprey, hometown boy. Essex is fucking finest, bruv. With Don Callis, where, when did they become a fucking tandem? Like, I think maybe like a week before the pay-per-view. <laughs> Literally, oh, like two, maybe two of, a week or two before the pay-per-view. Is it because Callis had a deal with Jericho and he was facing yep. Osprey? All right, we need to align them two. Uh, Willie Osprey is facing Jezza with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Who, I don't understand why Sammy Guevara and Don Callis were there. It was fucking pointless. But what is it? What is this Sammy Guevara thing? I thought he'd split up with the G, the, the Appreciation Society. I thought that was done. Why is he just a winner who never leaves Jericho alone? <laughs> a winner. He's just, he's just never, never away from him, is he? He's not been away from him since day one of Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't answer that, Mark. I can't. <laughs> It's whatever goes on in the mind of Chris Jericho, Tony Khan, and old uh, Sammy Guevara, who needs to bring back the panda head. <laughs> it started poorly, though, didn't it, with Jericho? <laughs>
Yeah. So if you've not seen it, I'm going to put it in for you because <laughs> this is this is the, almost the funniest thing was though, wasn't it? Me and you were talking about it, and I said not not to yeah. this extent, but we said something along the lines of he's going to do some sort of gimmick where he. He says, oh, we, we, we played at Wembley just like Freddie Mercury, just like the big rock stars and all this. And then he fucking does what he did. He did the fucking, hey, oh, and it was cringy as fuck, wasn't it? I will read you the conversation because I was <laughs> like, this is so fucking weird. I might have to, like, screenshot this <laughs> and put it on Twitter. Okay. One of us said it should have been Jer- uh, Omega Osprey 3. Yeah. And then... You put, I know, but you can't have Osprey beat Omega then lose to Jericho, surely. No, I said Jericho's probably going to go over it. Yeah. And then you said it makes no sense. And I said, nothing that cunt does make sense. And I said, uh, I want to see it because it's going to be Osprey working with wood. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, uh, you said, not not what he's used to, is it? And I said, plus he'll be doing his shitty gig just to say he's played to 80,000 people at Wembley. And, uh, and you put, ha, 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 yeah, he'll say that, won't we? Just like Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you're watching it, and you've, and you've just put, we, we, we chatted a bit more, and um, <clears throat> you put, oh, my God, I just called it. I said, what? He went, you went, Jericho is doing that A.O. Freddie Mercury thing. What a cretin. <laughs> 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 and that was before the match had even started, and then you come up with that, and it's like, and what, what the worst thing was, he was singing to a backing track. So I'm not even sure if the band were playing because you could hear when he was going, sing it and all that, you could hear the fucking, you know, the recorded yeah. version in the background. <laughs> it was it was fucking out of tune, woeful. <laughs> Shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> and, and that game, he was his guitarist. He used to be in Stuck Mojo, Rich something or other. And he had, he had one of them fucking weird guitars with no headstock on it. <laughs> and and he's just like jittering around like he's got some sort of keen, you know, worming issue. <laughs> worming issue. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a great live performance to say the least, was it? <laughs> no, but luckily, and I mean, I was sat there going, "This is just going to get fucking worse." Because obviously, Jericho, I thought Jericho was going to try and try to do what he used to do, which yeah. he can't do. Because Osprey's like, of all that mad shit, Osprey's like one of the top guys. Yeah. But I, I will safely say this was the second best match of the night. I would, I'd, I'd concur. I think it's the best Jericho match I've seen in bloody years. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. I had, I had a few gripes, but obviously, just like just the amount of false finishes, and I hate this trope of like, no one's finisher beats anyone first time. You've got to do it two or three times now. Yeah. It's and annoying, isn't it? But it's it just is, a modern I mean, day, isn't it? Jericho got a fucking acai moonsault in. Couldn't believe that. <laughs> Pretty good one as well. <laughs> Standard. It was, it was. It was almost like watching '96 Jezza ish, just with a very deep pigeon chest and separated pecs. <laughs> he, yeah. he needs to get that fixed because that's not that's not normal, surely. Like, like Kofi Kingston's got that as well. It? it just looks fucking weird. <laughs> It, it really does, and it worries me. It worries me, like, because he's got, like, his pecs, like, V-shaped. <laughs> but yeah, really I, thought it was, visual. I, I thought it was a pretty decent match, to be honest. Nothing great, nothing classic or anything like that, but 
I think I think I, the more the more and more I see Osprey, I like him. Yeah, the thing with Osprey is for me is you know he can wrestle, mm. and if he just like minimise the high spots, it'd mean a lot more. Mm. When it's just high, like when, do you remember when we watched? I mean, I don't we know we didn't watch it together, but we've both seen that sort of Ricochet Osprey. Yeah, match. The, the, just absolutely crazy bollocks at the beginning. No, just not for me. But when when he wrestles and does the high spots as like you know sparing to look out for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that shooting star press where he was hung up on the ropes, Jericho. Mm. Looked fucking mint and I popped for it yeah. because it wasn't he hadn't done four of them three minutes previously, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you probably 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 give a bit of credit to Jericho with that. I mean I it, it half of it's probably that he has he, he's slowed down and he can't do that stuff. But he's probably said to him, "Look, let's yeah, you know, we don't have to we don't have to go hundred miles an hour all the time because the, the big spots, like you said, the big spots won't mean as much." So he, he he is still a veteran. Don't get me wrong; he's a, he's a cock end by all accounts, but he he still knows how to put a match together. I, I would imagine. Well, I thought he'd forgotten after all the shite I've seen <laughs> over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, that was easily the second second best thing on the show, and the right winner yeah. as well. Osprey needed to win, hundred percent. I mean, you need to get yeah. your, the home hometown people over, don't you? But we get the fourth, no holds barred, anything goes, fucking dog shit match, and another six man for the titles, no less. Yeah, trios. We get. <laughs> House of Black, which is obviously Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King with Julia Hart versus the acclaimed and badass Billy Gunn. <laughs> Again, not for me, very spotty. I mean, it got over, it's nicely Billy Gunn, but yeah, best I like part the acclaimed. of the rap at the beginning. Yeah, but it was a lot shorter than his usual ones, wasn't it? Uh, you got to dig in on Prince Andrew, though, which I appreciated. Not an awful lot to report. I think I like I'm pretty I'm a big fan of the acclaim. I think Max Caster's really good. He's got serious talent. And I think Billy Gunn's an absolute fucking unit, and he's just how old is he now? And he's he's still in Double great 60, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously on fucking as much fucking supplements as you can ever imagine, but the guy is <laughs> great for his age, doesn't he? Well, I thought he's not I doing much shit like Sting though, is he? So No, he's keeping it simple for the most part which is good and I think it was a nice pop patch there. I think the crowd really I think I think it was again I thought it was the right winner I think the acclaimed are one of the most sort of over acts they've got and I think I think I, I didn't I didn't mind it too much I thought it was I thought it was it was a bit light-hearted and fun at times but again the acclaimed, the acclaimed are very much a gimmick aren't they though they're not it's not yeah. you're never going to get top tier in ring off any of no. them no, but they but always they always have that sort of moment, I suppose, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's it's over, and yeah. House of Black are just a bit flat for me. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Malachi Black just get rid of that, just go on his own, maybe just repackage and just start again because it, it's it's what it's cost that for me. Same with Matthews. Yeah, change the fucking got... name for a kickoff. <laughs> the guy looks fucking like a million bucks, though, doesn't he? Fucking bodied up, fucking yeah. Fucking, he's getting married to Rhea Ripley, so he's fucking winning at life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Billy Gunn and the Acclaim went over and won the belts, which was, mm. you know, got a pop. Everyone went out all happy. And then we got the main event, which 
I think it's the first MJF match I was a bit not looking forward. Not 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 looking forward to it, but it it wasn't as yeah. You know, Big it was bad. nowhere near like no. It felt and yeah. I know what you mean. It, it felt like it wasn't. Look. It felt like it wasn't the plan, but it because it got a bit of interest and a bit of traction. It was like, oh shit, we better get this on them. Do you know what I mean? It felt a little bit like that. It was sort of almost cobbled together. That's what it felt like to me, anyway. I mean, I always thought they were just going to get to babyface MJF versus heel Punk for the belt yeah. unification, but maybe not now, which we'll get into shortly. But yeah, I thought I thought it was goofy as fuck, mate. Yeah, I said to you earlier, didn't I? I think it was. I, I thought it was really pantomime. You know, I think, I think, I think you had to pull the trigger on a uh, Adam Cole heel turn. That was the. It was a home run. It was a home run. Mm. You don't even have to have him win the belt. You just have to have him be really fucking like the the belt took over and that was his obsession. And it was like that's the one thing I need now. And then you can build it. You yeah. can have another. Maybe you can have a trilogy of matches or something like that. And he finally gets the win, or, but. You know, it just it just felt like, like I said to you, it just felt like a pantomime. It was really like melodramatic. I didn't buy it at all. I just didn't buy MJF as this like sincere guy. All of a sudden, I just I'm still not buying it. Do you know what I mean? Because I've seen so much of it where he's not that guy. I, I, I don't know. It just felt a little bit flat. I know the crowd was fucking well into it, but they would be, wouldn't they? But it just for me, it just didn't. It just felt like it missed something. And, and the stuff with Roddy Strong just it just. Felt a bit pointless as well. It was like he was like the jilted lover or something like that, wasn't it? It was just yeah. a bit. I love Roddy Strong, but he's just been resorted to what? It's a jealous mate or something. I don't really, yeah, don't really get it. I thought they were going in the right direction with it. Joe, like they were sowing the seeds early on. The way it's like Adam Cole was like, "You're you're my mate, but that's more important. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win it." And it was sort of and they teased it at the end as well. And I thought they were going to go for it, but. I think that probably would, it would have made it all worth it, but it just felt a bit like it was like, all oh, right, okay, where are we going now then? Because it's like, where do we go with MGF now? Is he a baby face? Who, <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it just felt like it. It just felt a bit for me. It just felt a bit dramatic, and it 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 felt like a stage production or something like that at times. Yeah, I felt MGF did a lot of stuff that he doesn't need to do. That you've not seen him do, like he did a dive. Didn't what's the point in that? Because yeah. it, it was for the comedy at the at the bing, at the end of it, where he did this that face, and then like taking that bump on the stairs from that fucking brainbuster. Yeah, that, that was, was a fucking, nasty one. That that was silly. Yeah, and he and, and like he made he's made a whole career saying I don't need to do that shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he said it a lot recently, and he in press conferences and stuff like that. It's just like yeah, <sighs> silly. Yeah, it it didn't really work for me. It's just a shame because it like in ring it was okay, but it was just the, the whole story of it just wasn't executed right for me. Anyway, I just, I just think you had to do the the the, the full the fully fledged double turn. That you, that was yeah. just that was the home run, and they just never did it. And I just don't think they'll ever get that chance again for it to be as big as it was. No, and MJF as a babyface just don't work for me. No, it just doesn't. But as a whole, it wasn't the worst AEW pay-per-view by any stretch of the imagination that we've seen. I'd say there was one absolute stinker, which was that stadium stampede. Stadium, the rest were yeah. plausible. One really good match on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one fairly decent match with Jericho and Osprey. But that's not the main thing that people are talking about. 
like we said before, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and CM Punk has got legs, but it's also spilled over into some more bullshit from the guy who used the travel coordinator who didn't sort yeah. out Punk's travel or something. He had to get the tube. He was given a number. That wasn't a proper number or something. No transport sorted. He was given a contact number. And apparently it was a fucking fake number. And it's come to light that the coordinator for travel is well and truly in with the young books. So that's, that just can't be a coincidence, can it? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid it, it just can't. It, you'd expect not. And then there's this new thing that old Meltzer and Alvarez are wittering about that he had to do with Mero. Mero, Which sorry. bollocks, wasn't it, in the end? <laughs> apparently so. Uh, it's come to light that after his match, uh, he was approached by Mero backstage. Why he was there, I'll never know. One on the gaff. One on the car. He was on the free shoving. Was he? And yeah. um, Miro asked Punk how, how he was doing. Punk replied with something along the lines of, I'm okay, unless you want to fight me too, in a joking manner. Miro re- replied with an okay, also in a joking manner. Punk then continued to just joke around, saying, how about we take this outside? To which uh, Miro replied, how about we take this to the ring? So <laughs> that's just Which was about. massively blown out of proportion, saying, oh, he's, he's had it in yeah. for Miro as well now. <laughs> And then someone's going, do you just pull this shit out of your ass, Dave? Like when you write stuff and he's like, uh, I've not even done the edition yet. I haven't written anything about it. And he's like, do you not think Twitter is yeah, writing words? He knows words? what he's doing. He's know, he knows what he's he doing when he puts these things out there. Like it's all right saying, oh, um, I'm going to add something to it. But it's like, you've already said it now. People have already written their, people have already got their opinions written down. From, I mean, Punk's reputation's in the toilet with his, the most part of this crowd anyway. Because it is. And he hasn't. So he, don't get me wrong. He don't get me wrong. He's not. He's probably not covered himself in glory with everything, but fucking help the guy out. He, 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 do you know what I mean? It's just like it, from from what I've heard from the most part of these reports, this Jack Perry thing, he's just been acting like a fucking petulant child. He's had a pop at him on live telly, which everyone knows about the situation, and he and he's. This is what I've heard, what I've seen from most people that he started it as well. He's he's bumped into him. He's he's caused trouble. It's the passive aggressive nature of, of sort of that that crew. They can't just just front it. They have to yeah. they have to do it in sly little ways. And obviously, punk people know how punk reacts to shit like that. So they're just poking the fucking bear, and all they're doing is poking the bear. And then with this with this travel thing. Like people are just like going sick of him for this travel thing. Like fucking that Bixen spot the fucking weasel. He's coming out with a uh, honestly the funniest part of this punk nonsense is that it seems pretty clear that he specifically took the tubes from the airport to make a scene he could use as ammo against AEW instead of just calling an Uber like a normal multimillionaire. So then Mac oh Matt Coon jumps in <laughs> with uh that that's a large leap, that's what he says. Yeah. And then Bixen's band comes comes back with it's how he operates. And, like, and you know, know David Bixenspun is his best mate. And then then you get the faceless crew. You know, no no profile picture for the yeah. Phil Brooks philosophy. The rules for thee, not for me. And then, oh, Matt, Matt Coon is simping hard for Punk ever since his podcast got cancelled. Like Nick Houseman doing embedded media job for Phil ever since he started his own PR agency. Cornette, Raj Giri, Brian Last, Bischoff, Russo, Matt Coon, Houseman. All have something in common. Gee, I wonder what. And then um, we're getting all this shit. And then the normal people underneath are going, "Have you guys ever been to London? 
It's easier to get to places on the tube than in a taxi. The fucking traffic's the mental. The take you a fucking five hours, yeah. probably, to where he was going. It's like, have you been to New York? Because the traffic there is mental. That's why people use the subway in New York to get places. It's quicker to get there, you fucking cretins. It's just anything, absolutely anything. But the problem with fucking Punk is he does himself no favours. He can't yeah. just walk away. It's just like... Well, you've had your little five minutes of fucking glory on saying that into the camera. See, he, he, he shit, would, they, it would stop. The thing is with Punk, I love the geezer. I love uh, he's my one. You know, and it's the same with you. He's one of my favorite of all time. Maybe my favorite, but he never. He just needs to learn how to leave it. He just, he just leave yeah. it. Be the bigger guy. Let him walk past you. Being a little fucking hard guy, couldn't. And he'll just look like a cock if you just leave it. If he wants to fucking throw himself in the glass, let the guy do it. If he doesn't want to listen to your advice, who gives a fuck? Just let him do it. Exactly. If he's going to slice his arm open and fucking kill himself, it's not on you, mate. You've told him. Just fucking, just let him crack on. Like, who gives exactly. a shit? He's an insignificant little peon. He's got nothing. Yeah. He's got no relevance whatsoever. The only reason he's relevant because his dad was some B-list actor that I'd never even fucking heard of him until until you told me about him. So You mean the, you never watched Beverly Hills 90210? Not quite, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, yeah, just it, it's just never ended. It's like if if he walked out the door tomorrow, I'd be happy for him because he'd, he'd be out of the bollocks. Then he could just fucking live his life, do whatever he wants, commentate on fucking MMA, and fucking just live an happy life because it's not worth it. It's just not worth it anymore. <laughs> and no, if if not. he goes out, if he goes out on having a really great match with one of his best pals in Punk in in sorry in Samoa Joe, there's not many in better Wembley. ways to go out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think he's definitely a guy who needs to pick which hills to die on. Yeah, of course he does. He's he's an emotional get... guy, clearly. Like he's yeah. a, he's a bit of a weird cat. Like I think a lot. Of oh people yeah, say definitely. That. But he he needs to just he needs to know when to when to fight. Pick like you said, pick his battles, and this this ain't one of them. It's not worth it. It's not like it's no. It's a fucking, it's like the other week when it was coming about these things with Dolph Ziggler's brother. It's like just fucking leave it, exactly. just leave it. Exactly. Who is he? He's a nobody. <laughs> because he's thinking, well, they, this is what them lot do on the other side, so yeah. I may as well do it. It's like, yeah, but don't don't lower yourself to that fucking level, mate, because they're just yeah. dipshits, aren't they? So there's no fucking point. I wouldn't bother myself. I wouldn't. I wouldn't entertain fucking Jack Perry, who's nothing really mid card, if anything. You know, he's never going to be anything special, is he? No. And I have been saying that for a long time. So, on that note, we should probably wrap this up. We were only supposed to do an hour. <laughs> yeah, um, but we're off the cuff, it, it can go a bit longer sometimes, can't it? <laughs> certainly can. We have no notes. No notes at all today. <laughs> uh, so, we will be bringing you the Great American Bash 1991 in the beginning of the month of September. And we're on yeah. to Sold Out. And we're on to the 27th of January, Nitro. It's going to be a good year, I think, this 1997. Because obviously we're going to be nipping over to Vince's gaff as well, which is a, it's a big year for that stuff. Yep. As well. So we're going to, we're going to be maybe, maybe doing a few more. Yeah, we're going to do a few more than the big four, I think. Because there's some mm. important things happen. Uh, particularly one in Canada and particularly the, uh, the debut of a certain Red Machine <laughs> down the line Chris Bellis. so <laughs> the big red machine Chris Bellis <laughs> that's what you announced him as do you remember when he did his guest appearance 
Oh, did the that's gotta be yeah, yeah, did. <laughs> so if you want to uh, interact with us, it's at Adjective Pod on Twitter. You know, retweet us, uh, like our stuff, whatever you want to do. Uh, we mm-hmm. probably do need to be more active on there. I forget. I'm not. I'm not into it. But I will. I will try. I will do my best. <laughs> Obviously, if you want to give us a Davy Meltzer five star jobby on Spotify, please do. Our uh, average rating's gone down the shit pan. <laughs> upsetting. I think there's some elite fans listening in or something. <laughs> yeah, I think people are doing it on purpose. If you're not going to give us a five, don't fucking bother. <laughs> Please. Um, it does It does, It does. does help get more eyes and ears on the podcast as well. So, you know, yeah. do, do us a flavour. Um, also, if you want to subscribe to us on Spotify, just uh, give us a super kick. There's a Booker T hook kick. Give us one of them nutty fucking Owen Hart in cigars. Do not slap your thigh. I don't think there's any more business, is there? Uh, nothing else to uh, to, per- to report today. Right, well, off the top of my head, I'm going to say that one word, Mario. Cheerio. <laughs> tenuous, tenuous link. <laughs> I don't know, is there a better one? <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> Well, fuck Mario Cheerio. This bastard's got more legs than a millipede. Hopefully, this is the fucking final nail in the coffin. I am joined, <laughs> as always, by the medium-sized mang, Mark Crowver. How are you? I'm all right, man. It's been a shocker of a week. All things I like, football, wrestling, fucking yeah. everything. So Can't, <laughs> can't get a break. I know. <laughs> it's just Leak, Leak City, in it? We did a, a little... Uh, bonus episode last week um so we're going to tack this on to the end we recorded that on the 30th it's now the 5th of september yeah uh all this came out on the 2nd of september but this is the first opportunity we've had uh to record and also it would we thought it'd be interesting to leave it a couple of days and see how it all played out so punk's been fired or released or he quit or who fucking knows Terminated, whatever you want to call it <laughs> well apparently he's, he was screaming I quit at Tony Carner in London and uh, hasn't been involved since. So who fucking knows what's going on? But yeah, Tony made uh, his hostage statement on the collision. <laughs> his looking, hostage statement. Looking blankly into the camera. One wink for help, please, Tony. <laughs> Did you not see before that there was a clip going around on on? X, Facebook, Instagram, blah blah blah, whatever, of of him addressing the crowd for like six minutes, and he sits down on like a steel chair on top of the ramp. Oh, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. And he's he, to me, it's a weird crowd these days in Chicago because they're all booing the fuck out of him when he's telling them basically sack punk, and then they like they don't give a fuck in the show. It's weird, I don't know, but um, but it was. His little teleprompter was ready, was there for him on the pre-tape, wasn't it, at least? <laughs> That's it. And then Collision ended with uh, Matt Jackson prancing around the ring like a cunt. 
Like, got we've done got it. the last laugh. We've got, got rid of him. Needless to say, he had the last <laughs> laugh. Now, don't be blue, Peter. <laughs> but oh, yeah. all out was the next day in Chicago, and there's videos of people getting punk signs confiscated, people being asked to turn their punk T-shirts inside out, and a lot of the people in the audience probably paid to see CM Punk, so... yeah. Fucking WWE is fuck that. Yeah, it is. I was thinking that they were like taking signs off people. That's yeah. Not sure about that. It's a bit dodgy. Um, but yeah, it's happened. He's gone. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, I I I think he's gonna be much happier. Yeah. Get away from it all. <laughs> and I don't think we'll ever see him in the wrestling ring again. I don't think he can be asked if he knows what's good for him. <sighs> He just should just leave well away and just enjoy his fucking life. I mean, as a fan, I'm gutted because, you good. know, he's one of the only things I want to watch these days. He was yeah. the best thing on All Out, All In, whatever the fuck it was called, the one London one, where yeah. regardless of what fucking Meltzer gave it, I thought it was the best match on the show. Yeah. Whether that's CM Punk fanboy bias from both of us, then, you know, so be it. But... Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you're in the same camp as me. It's like, do you know what? I'm glad that there's a fucking full stop on this and the guy can just go and live his fucking life. Because I've got a few takes and of people on Twitter, sort of ex-pro wrestlers. But, I mean, for me, all I think is he wanted to be professional in a company of people who aren't very professional led yep. by a guy who doesn't know how to manage or lead. And he is, he's got that old school sort of territorial mentality. I know he didn't come up through that, but he came through on the Indies when it was, you know, a bit dog-eat-dog and, you, respect you know, veterans and stuff like that. Yeah. And he does. And none of these fuckers do. And I just think he was sick of the bullshit and the passive aggressive mind games and, and all that shit. I mean, you don't need it. He's a grown fucking man. Just, just, you know, he wanted to, he, at the end of the day, essentially, all he wanted to do for that company was draw money, grow the fucking business, grow the crowds. And he wasn't allowed to do that after the first year. Yeah. No. Well, ultimately, like, like you said, I'm gutted. Like, I am gutted because you can, no, whatever's transpired since, no one can say his return initial eight to nine months or whatever it was, was an absolute gold. It was no, just, of course, yeah. it was brilliant matches, brilliant feuds, brilliant, pro, brilliant promos, brilliant segments after, after one after another, almost um, he made, he made the show so watchable, which was just impossible. It's it felt at times cause it was fucking dog shit for the most part, but he tuned in cause he wanted to see what him and MGF were doing him and what, you know, him and him and Ricky Starks recently, some of that stuff was really good. And him and Joe, like, it's just, uh, it's just got in really that. I think ultimately he was set up to fail this time coming back. Like, I feel 100%. like I don't know if it's. I feel like I feel like that whole London trip was an absolute setup for him. So, so there's reports come out that apparently they were supposed to have some sort of crisis talks or clear the air talks of him and the elite. And he's basically told, "Come to." I think it was. I think it was said, "Come to Atlanta or something like that, and we'll 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 sit down. We'll try and figure something out." 
that got cancelled the day, the day of or just the day before. By the elite, <laughs> yeah. Well, not if, not if you listen to their side, anyway. Um, oh, why? What they said? What, what, well, they're, they're denying any any um, any meeting was ever to take place, of course. But yeah, so so that was the first straw. Then he gets then he turns up to to London. The big like, but if I look out, it's the biggest star they've got. Him and well, he is, isn't he? Him and Danielson probably, and Jericho um, maybe. Yeah, and he doesn't even have a car to pick him up. He's got to find his own way to his hotel. He's probably not been to London for what? 10 years plus? 10 years, yeah. Like, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll just get on that tube. Or get on, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like easy to, to get around. No, um, he's not got the Piccadilly line like ingrained in his brain. Has he? <laughs> no, so it's like that's disrespectful as fuck. No matter what you think about him, there should be someone there to take him to his hotel and, and like, so, like no, not even a security team because. There's some fucking cunts in London. Let's be have it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. They want to make a name for themselves with a big star like him. He's recognisable. So that was another thing. And then he's got he's got this fucking little dweeb fucking mouthing off to him on live on a pay per view stream, right into the camera while he's probably sat there in like gorilla position, ready to go out for his match. So it was just an absolute triple whammy of just fuckery. And like I felt like he was just destined. Like they knew he was going to react, didn't they? They clearly knew he. He's, yeah, he's a volatile guy, and like I'm, I'm happy to admit that that he's. You can rub him up the wrong way quite sim- easily, but when you add all those three things together, you can imagine you'd be fucking pissed off. And he's probably he's probably he's probably wanted it in a way. He was probably thinking, "Oh, just get me out of here now. I've fucking had enough of it. I'm just going to go out in a blaze of glory." <laughs> and then it's the uh, Meltzer report that he lunged at Tony yeah. Khan. I think on our, I think previously when we recorded the first bit, we said that we'd heard that some monitors were knocked in the vicinity of Tony Khan. Yeah. But apparently he's, he's he's had a go at him, and uh, apparently he's lunged at him. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine he's done that. But, but it's 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 anything by Meltzer's, you know, you take a pinch of salt, though, don't you? Well, at the end of the day. Whatever side you sit on, whether you're a fan of the elite, me and you are clearly not. We're, we like CM Punk, and whether you're on that side either, the the main cause of problem for this entire thing is Tony Khan. Oh yeah, he's just not been able to manage his uh, thing. But he's he's not a manager, is he? He's, he's but, this is what I mean. He's he's a sporting director. He's a fucking whatever else he is, and it's like the guy just doesn't have a clue. You tell me what experience he has in any of his jobs. But the the problem is we've been through this before. Like, yeah, he might he might have the good odd few good ideas for booking and stuff like that. But he's not a good people person, is he? He's not a very he's very he's very introverted, and he's you can tell like he's 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 a bit of a he's a bit of a, he's a strange guy, isn't he? So yeah. he's not like there's so many differing personalities and egos in a wrestling locker room that you need yeah. like the amount of like legends that they've been in that have been there that they could have had in place as like. Like an Arn Anderson, like even a, a, a Tully, enforcer, like, enforcer. Yeah, like yeah, in a way, in so many words, an enforcer, man who can who could bring people together. And, and you need then, you need a fall guy. You need you need the, the heat guy. I think yeah. Kevin Nash said it as well. You need a heat guy like when Jr. was um, head of talent relations. He or Laurinaitis, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy. He was quite happy to be the prick and didn't yeah. care that he upset people. But Tony clearly cares if he upsets people, yeah. which you know is fair. He's only human, but 
you know, business is business, right? And it's his fucking business. So yeah, you want to protect that. Multi-million dollar, more multi, I don't know how much it's worth, but you can't just be everyone's mate, can you? Like, no. There's, people are going to fall out and you're going to you're going to have to be the unless unless you put someone in place to do it you're going to have to be the one that sorts out all the shit but you just let people run wild and he both sides as well punk said stuff they've said stuff and he's just let it all fester and, it, and eventually it was all going to blow up again wasn't it it was it was it there was a ticking yeah. time bomb on this return you could well, tell <laughs> there was two clearly delineated sides who yeah. both have completely different ideologies about what wrestling is and what wrestling mm-hmm. should be. And they both have a completely different take on how to handle shit and also who they tell and who they don't tell. Now, that's fair enough. You're always going to get differing opinions, different personalities, but you need that person who can keep it all together. As much as Vince McMahon's an absolute scumbag, yeah. He kept he kept his shit in house and he kept his shit together. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Even even when two of the biggest stars in his company were going at it personally, you know. Yeah. Still got him in the ring together at least. Yep. I mean he didn't handle it great that one. It's probably yeah. a bad example. You should have to <laughs> yeah, but, Brett. Yeah, but they but, still they, they still main event a pay per view together and they probably got good buys off it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean is this punk being made out to be a pariah like Brett, and I don't know, but as always, yeah, there's more shit coming out. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the fucker goes, they can't just leave it. So some clown called Cassidy Haynes of Body Slam. Apparently, you've seen this yourself. An yeah. incident took place between CM Punk and William Regal upon. William Regal's AEW debut. The altercation between the two, Punk refused to shake Regal's hand and would then get in Regal's face, tell him that he didn't not like him, he didn't trust him, and that Regal was a stooge for Triple H. Now, why the fuck did that not come out originally? So all this shit that's coming out now. That's got to be that's got to be Moxley leaking that then, surely. Someone like that. Who knows? I mean, you'd like to think it wasn't Danielson. I don't know. He's a bit. It's. I've started to go off him a little bit, you know. Some of the stuff I've seen him say in press conferences and stuff, like he's become a little bit ingrained in that culture now. I think. You never know. Could have been because I don't think Gibbon Punk are tight by any means. He did a PW. He was a PWG guy as well, wasn't he, for a bit? Danielson. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like, if, at the end of the day, what was that a year ago? More. Yeah. Had to be. He gives a fuck. We don't know who gives who actually gives a shit. William Regal has not been in that company for seven I don't know. I don't even know how long yeah. it's been. It's irrelevant. He stopped off for it's... a few months and then got his, his his proper job back. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's put it like that. I mean I I mean what I, what I was gonna do, I've seen some takes. I was yeah. going to read them to you and sort of see what you thought of him. First one is from the aforementioned Mr. Nash. Mm. And he says, the quote is, honest to God, I mean, this in all seriousness, what I take from this whole thing is he needs serious help. He needs mental help. When it becomes destructive, when there's a chance this costs you millions of dollars and you just continue to push and push and push, you have to let him go. I'll tell you right now, man, if I would have broke in and saw some motherfucker doing that shit, I would have said, oh, 
if he can get away with that, well, fuck, then I'm going to get away with it too. I just think that Tony Khan needs to get someone there to be a heater. He needs to bring somebody in. Vince wouldn't put up with that shit. It's disrespectful to Tony. To me, Punk is almost a bully at this point because he knows that Tony is not, that it's not just, uh, that it's just not in his DNA. Extreme take. Now, there's, there's elements of that I agree with that, you know, You're getting the heater in, yeah. Yeah, that, that needs to be done. And I don't, I don't think CM Punk's a bully, is he? On Tony Khan, no. like, you know, he's made Tony Khan a lot of money. Let's not let's let's have it right. But he also made him scared for his life. Yeah, well, I don't believe that for a second. I know you don't either. So he was happy to have him sit, stand in the arena for another few hours with it, when taking pictures with referees and putting to Mojo. So can't have been that yeah, scared. Um, that's no. that's legal mumbo jumbo, that isn't it? He's been told yeah, to know- say that. The mental help thing, I don't think he needs mental help. I think he's just a guy that doesn't tolerate bullshit. I bet you, I bet, I bet you though, fuck. I bet you Kevin Nash, if he was in his what, yeah, well, how old is Punk now? 42, 41, something like that. No, uh, 45. Is he a little bit older? Right. So when, yeah. when Nash was in his late 40s, he was in TNA and he smacked Samoa Joe in the face backstage for. Yeah some inflammatory comments in a promo. So does he need mental help for that? And um, to be fair, he was fucking best mates with Shawn Michaels. He yeah. was a more fucking volatile prick than him in the 90s. He did all the shit. Vince wouldn't have stood for it. Vince did stand for it and fucking fully encouraged it. So, Yeah, I mean, normally I think Nash is pretty bang on, but I think I think he's a bit extreme there. Like the mental help thing, that I don't know. I mean, he, he probably has, he, he maybe has a little bit of an issue with his temperament, which is pretty clear, but we don't, we don't, we don't know the full story, do we? We get little snips, snippets from each side and it's probably been toxic for weeks, months, and it's just build up, build up, build up. But, you know, I think it's a little bit hypocritical for Nash to say that when he's done similar things himself. And that's only the things we've heard about. You never, you know, he had a lot of stroke yeah. backstage, didn't he? So, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit much that. But I do agree with the the sort of Vince would have had someone in place to maybe have, you know, to sort these matters out. But Tony Khan's not going to do that, is he? He's he's he's, he's too in, he's too involved, unfortunately. He he can't relinquish control. He's not a delegator. My next little hot take that I've got is from a guy called. Ibu of Wrestling Purists. Right. His take is CM Punk is at worst a paranoid and polarizing self-saboteur whose temperament alienated some people, an extremely opinionated guy who wore his heart on his sleeve and was willing to deal with his problems physically. His inability to handle inconveniences in a civil manner ultimately ended up being his undoing and his employer fired him. This is not the same as people that have extremely problematic worldviews Racists, or even worse, have abused people, been credibly accused of uh, sexually assault, etc. There's people in this industry that have been caught messaging minors, people that got weird with the t- with their trainees. Point being, there's levels to this, and if you actively hold similar levels of personal disdain for a guy that didn't work out in your favourite company and got axed for it, um, to actual terrible people, perhaps inward reflection is needed. Fair fucking play. <laughs> I know. I mean, at worst, a paranoid and polarizing self saboteur. 
I think he had every right to be a bit paranoid because there was clearly people out to fuck his shit up. Yeah, you know, it was any 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 mishap, anything he said or anything that was out of turn, it was you could bet your bottom dollar it was getting put in the back pocket for later when it when it when it was needed. And it oh, was yeah, say for a rainy day. Hundred <laughs> percent. Next next take I've got is from PWP Nation. Uh, Punk, CM Punk's antics ain't shit compared to wrestlers of the past. Sid stabbed Dan Anderson with scissors, legit almost killed him, and then went on to become world champion two or three times more. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Orndorff beat the brakes off Vader wearing flip-flops, shitty tits, you know, <laughs> sour shoes with the toe gimmick. Jeff Hardy went to the ring on heavy drugs. Come on, this ain't shit. We'll see Punk again in a wrestling ring very soon. Um, I, I tend to not agree with the last bit because I don't know if he just thinks fuck it. Unless it, is he going to go back to WWF? I don't know. I think he's still got a lot of he's still got a lot of demons there. I think, and he helms these pretty much the head honcho, isn't he? Well, and he doesn't get on with Vince either. Vince fired him on his fucking wedding day or whatever it was. So I just think I just think he needs to fucking just go on. Just leave it now. Just, yeah, just. Chill. It's true, though, isn't it? I mean, the the people. If 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 we were talking about grown ups here, it would have been sorted, and they'd have main evented a massive pay per view together, wouldn't they? Yeah, like there's. He tried apparently, though. So, but I don't. We don't know, do we? We don't know what happened. From by all accounts, they were they've not been interested in since day one, and that and that's basically because they got their asses kicked, didn't they? <laughs> Especially the young bugs. It's one of them, like you said, some of them stabbings, fucking backstage, like, assault to the verge of death, fucking drugs, all sorts. And and yeah. they've, they, 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 they just moved on. But for whatever reason, these, they just, they just couldn't sort it out for, for they could have made millions of money, millions of dollars together, yeah. but just fucking. Jeff Hardy's still in that company and how many chances has he had? DUIs, drugs, drug in, drug yeah. abuse in the ring, in in the arenas. Yeah, but, but because he him and him and Matt are like mates with the young books, it's fine. Yeah, doesn't affect them though, does it? Doesn't affect them. Doesn't affect their image or anything like that. So the final take. I had yeah. to get a credit in this one. <laughs> Vincey Russo's back. What's he had to say? I, I, I kind of get what he's saying. Tony Khan needs a heavy. He's always needed a heavy. He's in capitals heavy, right? Yeah. It's just not in Khan's DNA to be strict and stern uh, or a leader who can absolutely drop the hammer on a dime. That's a phrase I've never heard. And uh, that's okay. But if you can't do it, you need to find someone who can. That's what I've been saying for years, capital, obviously. (laughs) Put the trivial feelings aside and hire a guy like Eric Bischoff. And no, I'm not lying. Right. Okay. He's, he's using the phrase heavy. He needs a heavy. Yeah. That's not the right, that's not the right word. No, it's not. Bischoff's not a heavy. You need you need some guy, you need a heat guy who will take the shit and doesn't mm. care. Bischoff's not some I know he thinks he's like fucking G.I. Joe with a kung fu grip, right? But <laughs> you know, he's a fucking bell piece. Eric has never been concerned about being popular in the locker room. Yeah, he has. <laughs> That's why I joined the NWO. <laughs> exactly. If not him, and this would be my choice, because this guy is a proper heavy. This guy's nails. This guy will batter you. Give JR the power. <laughs> it, I, I, 
I can see what he's saying, but he's the 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 terminology he's using is shocking, isn't it? <laughs> he's saying Jim, Jim Ross never took any shit from anyone, and he was greatly appreciated, not appreciated, greatly appreciated by all those he worked with. To me, JR is the straightest shooter in the business. If you can't do it yourself, then find someone who can. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I do agree with him for the most part, but his terminology yeah. is bullshit. JR is 70-odd. He's got yeah. cancer. Why the fuck would he want that job? He hated being tel- head of talent relations like 20-odd years ago. It's a thankless yeah. task. I can, I, like I said, I can see what I did because JR is quite... He could, he could probably just be logical and see both sides and, and put it all out on the table. But like you said, he's he's in his early 70s now or whatever. I don't even know how old he is. He's had health problems, his like personal problems. He doesn't need that shit. He's just happy turning up for his odd commentator gig, I'd imagine. The problem with this is getting a heater guy is if you get a heater and you're and he's told to discipline as he sees fit people who take the piss, what if he disciplines some of Tony's favourites and Tony don't want them disciplined? Do you know what I mean? It's not gonna it's not gonna fly, is it? It's no if the young books start being passive aggressive little knobheads or fucking Jack Perry or whoever, it's like, oh, you can't, you can't discipline them. No, but you can discipline whoever. What's good? Co- I mean, I've seen that Jack Perry, he's got it's suspended indefinitely. Why has he not been? Because I'm, I can't, I can't, it can't have been all punk, can it? He must have, it, we don't know the full story. I'd love to have seen the bloody clips or something like that, but like, is he it gone? Seems to be. Well, this is apparently the footage. There's footage out there, but we'll never fucking yeah. see it, will we? I think I think it stems to you can kick off with your colleagues because apparently mm. even Tony Khan said there's there's nothing wrong with that, like a bit of friction, but you can't you can't bollock Tony Khan. No, that's the right. I, I get I get where he's come from, Punk, because I mean, and you can back me up on this because you've wanted to do the same to the same person. How many times have I, I, I've wanted to chin my boss <laughs> on a million occasions <laughs> and I've, and I've been pretty close and I've, and I've had some strong words and he was, mo- he was Mark's old boss as well. And he's wanted to do it. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll reiterate, reiterate old boss in case, in case anyone in yeah. my current employee is listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my current direct superior. Let's just say that, <laughs> but you, you don't do you, you know, you can speak your mind, but. There's ways and means of doing it, and I'm not the most diplomatic of characters, to say the least, and I will speak my mind, as I do on this podcast weekly. But, mm. you know, there's, there's got to be a point where you've just got to go, oh, fucking hell, you know. But, I mean, I haven't got the option of being a multimillionaire and can get fired and, and you know, really give a shit. with it. Yeah, you know, I can't really lose my job because that's not cool. <laughs> so... Mm. And nor can yeah. you. So, uh, yeah, but I, I totally get it. I mean, I'm, I don't, I can't tolerate bollocks either. And it winds me up. And I know you're not a fan of fucking bullshit. So mm. I, I totally get where he's coming from. But I also get that something had to be done. I, I understand how, how how frustrated he must have been working there with, with some of the stuff that was coming out. But to, for me, it would have been... S- to really, to really silence everything, just just get on with your work, just focus on you. That would have been that would have been the best possible thing he could have done, and tried his very best to make Collision the best show on 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 they have on a weekly basis. Like, and that's what he was trying to do, but he just 
he needed to pick his ills to die on. Mm. I mean, to to get sacked over Jack Perry, that is just like that is bad. Like, if you're gonna go out, you might as well have just smacked Kenny Omega again or somewhere like that. Just just fucking beat someone up with any importance. Um, Actually, you should have levered Moxley. That would have been hilarious because because Moxley and it all stories like, come out. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Moxley thinks he's 10 men, and it's like, do you want to bleed, dickhead? Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um... Stab him in the head with a load of skewers, just fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just a shame, but like, like we've been, it's been building up, hasn't it? It was always going to blow up eventually. Um, I just didn't expect them to actually pull the trigger and sack him. No. But when that statement well, came out on... So Saturday night, whenever Saturday it was, night. it was like, "Whoa, they've actually been decisive with something." Like it's not what I wanted them to do by any means, but at least they've actually done something about it, which is the first time for anything because the, the whole initial brawl out of whatever you want to call it that was handled pretty poorly, wasn't it? By all accounts, by everyone. But yeah, it's just a shame, like. I am a bit gutted. <laughs> I'm proper gutted because, I mean, I don't particularly watch AEW for anything other than Punk and FTR and, and MJF. But, uh, I mean, the MJF call thing's just not for me at the moment. But in FTR, I can just imagine them getting buried now. Well, they've been paired up with the Young Bucks, weirdly enough, haven't they? I don't really know what that's yeah, all about. So, so fucking odd. Have you seen All Out yet? I don't even know if I want to watch it. <laughs> no, I don't. Quite fact, I might watch Starks and Danielson because I, I like Starks, but again, is he going to get shot on because he was he was like a collision guy involved with Punk? I didn't know. I, I didn't realize Danielson came out to do the steamboat thing. I think that was what they were setting Punk up for. But yeah, yeah. Uh, did we get? A, I mean, I just want to know if we got a, an arm drag from old Steamboat, but <laughs> that's all I'm bothered about. I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Mm, I don't know if we did, actually. I don't think we did. I don't know. I'll have to watch pay-per-view at some point. I mean, he's, he, I've just seen a thing with him at the press scrum, right? Saying uh, oh, everyone's hating online about, you know, the build-up to these pay-per-views, but the show's always knocking out of the park. And it's like, don't know about you, Matt, but I don't just like people writing names down on a sheet and, like, go have a match. No. You... That doesn't make a great pay-per-view to me, Just, just quote-unquote, great in-ring matches. Matchmaking, yeah. Like, Danielson and Starks on paper is a good match, but it's like, it was just a stand-in, wasn't it? It was literally like panic stations because Punk got fired, let's get someone in a match quickly. Like, there's no there's no build to it. And you've got you've got Orange Cassidy and John Moxley main event in the pay-per-view. That's got to be woeful. But aren't, aren't they aren't they heels the Blackpool Combat Club at the moment? Gives a fuck. The shit. And then Danielson comes out as like the baby face. Right, I'm going baby to... face protector of Dragons Ricky yeah. Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, avenge avenge the honor kind of thing. Doesn't make any sense? Does it? it makes no fucking sense. And like, there's only like a handful of things I'd, I'd care to watch on WWE. And even that's... apparently TNA's good at the moment. <laughs> no, you can't. You won't ever see me watching that. I'm afraid. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of things that you don't want to watch, our next uh, episode will be 
<laughs> the Great American Bash '91. I do want to watch it. I've just been busy. <laughs> uh, our, our past sense series might not be every other month. It might be a. It might be once in a blue moon. We might it's, we might do some old WWF stuff. I think as well. It's ready when it's ready. <laughs> some '92 WWF stuff, just because that's got a couple of good shows on it, and then we'll see what the crack is. But um, yeah, so he's he's gone, but not forgotten. As you all know, where to follow us. You all know what's a super kick, and you all know what number of Davy Meltzers to give us. <laughs> two point two. <laughs> two point two. Gives a five. Gives a five. Lad. So um, I can't really find anything that rounds with CM Punk. So I'm going to say Samoa Joe. It's time to go. 